0: Good morning, England, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land where you're coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. Now on to the podcast. Another busy week in the sporting world, Jono. Um, the Australian Open is well underway now. Um, some big results and some uh, big... Uh, Big personalities, obviously, uh, at Melbourne Park at the moment. In the men's singles, number one seed Novak Djokovic is into the quarterfinals after defeating Milos Raonic in four sets. He'll play Alexander Zverev in the quarterfinals. ADNC Grigor Dimitrov will play a Russian qualifier Aslan Karatsev after Dimitrov defeated Nick Kyrgios's conqueror third seed Dominic Thiem in straight sets. So the uh, the singles in the men's um,
1: tossing out some interesting results, I Yeah, definitely uh, coming up with some interesting results. Really good to see some really competitive matches as well. Um, I think so far it's actually been quite a good tournament where you've seen a couple of upsets, but then, of course, the favorites going through, but not as easy as you would think. Um, I know there's been some questions around Novak's fitness as well and his performance in games. So um, we'll really see how it turns out, and this next match is going to be a big test for him.
0: Certainly will. He's, he is looking good, though, um, as he gets, obviously, deeper Certainly. into this tournament. Second seed, Rafael Nadal, will also look to book his spot in the quarterfinals as he takes on 16th seed from Italy, Fabio Foganini. while 5th seed, Stefan Tsitsipas, um, the Greek god, takes on another Italian <laughs> ninth seed, Matteo Berrettini. So some interesting matchups there, Jono, as well,
1: in the uh, men's side of the draw. Yeah, definitely interesting. It'll be interesting as well to see if it's going to be another classic Nadal versus Djokovic kind of set up here. Um, As we've seen in the past, Djokovic kind of seems to dominate the Australian Open. So as you said, his form's been really good. But we'll see there's some others on the other side of the table there and um, we'll see how things shake up. Definitely. In the women's side of it, the
0: great Australian hope, Ash Barty, um, in number one seed, takes on Shelby Rogers from uh, your country there, Jono. So the young American as she looks to book her quarterfinal spot. So hopefully... um, I guess for an Australian fans um, in the Australian Open, John, Ash Barty, um, again, looking to go deep within this tournament and potentially win it, um, which would be great for Australian tennis.
1: Yeah, the Barty party is here, and um, it seems like they're wanting to stay. So I'm not going to lie. She's playing really, really well right now. And, um, you know, this, this definitely could be the year. Where she breaks through I know you said it before That um, that you're pushing for Ash Barty But um, she's definitely looking quite well And it's it's actually shaping up in her favour In terms of her competitors as well And who she's facing to get to the finals As of right now um, So roadmap looks clear And it's um, all eyes on Ash Barty But
0: as always There is a certain individual Called Serena Williams Of course Who's looking to win her 24th Grand Slam Which would make her the most successful uh, Singles player in history um, Of women's tennis Or of Grand Slam tennis um, she will take on number two seed, Simona Halep after both got through a tough three-set fourth round
1: matches. So, uh, Serena Williams, Jono, um can't you do it this year? Yeah, I don't know. This is going to be some tough competition in Halep. I mean, it's not going to be an easy match to to be played, but you know what? As we've said before, it's, Serena Williams has a bit of a chip on her shoulder in a, in a sense of she wants to win. She wants to break these records and that's what she's, that's what the aim is. And, it's going to be interesting because she's been looking quite well as well. Um, really fierce. Her serves have been on point. Her returns have been on point. It's it's going to be, it's going to come down to to Will and um, how, how strong she can be in this next match and then kind of keep progressing from there. But um, it's going to be an interesting uh, showdown as we keep progressing as well as um, who we might see in the finals. I'm not too sure yet. Number three, Naomi Osaka
0: also booked her quarterfinal berth after overcoming 14th seed Spanish seed Gabina magaruza So, um, some big names uh, in the quarterfinal draw for the women's side of the Australian Open as we enter um, the second week there. In the Premier League, Manchester City have strengthened their hold on first place after a commanding 3-0 win over Tottenham. While Manchester United dropped more crucial points after only managing a 1-0 draw with a relegation
1: threatened in West Bromwich Albion. So uh, City going from strength to strength, Jono. Yeah, it's actually crazy to think that at the beginning of the city season, City was actually so low on the table and now they've just looked secure at the top. Well, that's it's, 16 wins in a row in all competition, which is a, yeah. a record in England. I think it really shows something for what City are and, and as we always say, how deep their squad is because at times they're not even, you know, have their full team there in terms of their normal starters and the best players. Um, I, I do think though, that, you know, it's going to be interesting how it shapes up. I, I kind of think that city are starting to really have this one kind of in their, in their own hands. They also have a game in hand at this point. Um, so we'll see how things shake up, but it's, it's more, I'm more interested as well as what what we're going to see in terms of that finishing of the top four to see how things uh, kind of top off from there. But city man are in the driver's seat and United just seem to keep dropping very crucial points.
0: Absolutely. It will also be interesting to see with Champions League starting this week yeah. um, how City's focus shifts onto that competition as well. Liverpool continue their slide. They're, uh, mm. they're out of form at the moment. They lost 3-1 to Leicester City. They were 1-0 up in that game, but the last half an hour they, they seemingly collapsed. Um, while Everton were upset at home by Fulham 2-0, so they, they couldn't um, take advantage of, of those slip-ups above them. Obviously, it's quite tight for that top four. And Arsenal returned to form, especially under Aubameyang, scored a hat-trick. So they ran out 4-2 winners over Leeds, Jono. But no one can seem to take advantage of uh, people slipping up above them at the moment while Everton uh, had a
1: chance there to to really get tight in, I guess, on that top four. Yeah, there's definitely chances there, but it's um, no team seems to want to be taking them. And um, like you said, it was actually good to see Arsenal have some really good success over the weekend. It was, it was a really big result for them. And, um, yeah, Liverpool just seem to keep on struggling. It's unfortunate as well. I I never want to pinpoint a goalkeeper, but you can tell, especially with keepers, when they're playing in poor form and things kind of get in their heads as well. That's what it just seems like at the moment. that Alisson is just playing with a little bit less confidence than what he used to. Um, And that just really takes an effect with a goalkeeper. Like I said, goalkeepers sometimes make one, two mistakes in a game, and they just get pounced on for that, whereas a player can make a thousand mistakes and no one bats an eye. So it's unfortunate that, um, that this is happening. But, It's going to be really interesting because they're slipping quite low. And I mean, in these recent years, you can't even think about saying Liverpool in the Europa League. But this actually could be something this year. So we'll see what happens. Well, they're certainly in a fight now for the top
0: four. So um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Liverpool can uh, stop this slide. Mm. In the A-League here in Australia, MacArthur FC produced a scintillating second half as they ran out 4-0 winners over Adelaide United. Matt Darbyshire scored a second half hat-trick to help MacArthur to a commanding win. Central Coast extended their lead at the top to four points after defeating 10 men Wellington Phoenix 2-0 with Brisbane only managing a nil-nil draw against Newcastle Jets. So Central
1: Coast continue their great early season form, Jono. Yeah, I think what we're learning from this is that, you know, we just need to say Central Coast is one of the powerhouses this year. That We can't say that, you know, it's a shock that they're up there. At this point, they're they're commanding up there, and they they keep on producing the results. Whereas everybody has a little bit of an up and down weekend, they seem to be consistent there. So um yeah, definitely still very interested in how the A League's going to be shaping out. As we can see, Sydney FC and Western Sydney are still kind of sitting there as well in the hunt. Um, but we'll see how it shakes up as the, the season progresses. But Central Coast, you are a force right now, and it'll be interesting to see who can take you down. In the W League, in the women's
0: uh, league over here in Australia, leader Sydney FC suffered their first loss of the year as they were defeated by second-place Brisbane 4-1. Brisbane still remain the only undefeated team in the competition. While Adelaide United beat Canberra United 2-1, so some big results out of the W League. Some big results also out of the FA Women's Super League over in England. Chelsea remain top after smashing Bristol City 5-0. Australian Sam Kerr, getting herself on the score sheet once again, while Manchester City took out Derby Honours as they defeated Manchester United 3-0 and jumped their City rivals um, into second spot. So some big results
1: over in the FA Women's Super League. Yeah, another um, couple big results there and another tight table. So it's going to be really interesting how it shakes out. As you said, superstar Sam Kerr still knocking in a couple goals, really good for the Australian viewers and good for Chelsea in general. Um, But really excited to see how this kind of shapes up because... The Women's Premier League over there is um, really starting to shape up to have some really big superstars and produce some really good results, and it's must-see TV at this moment, so keep an eye on it. In cricket, uh, the second test match between India versus England
0: enters its day third day. India um, hold a commanding 249-1 lead heading into uh, the day's play after the spinners ran right and rolled England for 134 in response to India's 329 England had no answer to the spin of Ashwin as he took 5 for 43 as India looked to square the series... After, after being dominated in the first test and losing to England. So, uh, an intriguing test
1: match taking place over in India as well, Jono. Yeah, it seems like that um, how India have been playing as of late is more or less kind of reacting. And, you know, when they get down in one of the matches, that then they just come back with a vengeance. And that's exactly what's happening is they react. And it's been really interesting as well because you always see that India has always been the powerhouse in cricket, but they've had some up and down performances, but then at times also show their greatness. So, really interested to see how this is going to shake out as well. Well, in the last, I guess, week, week and a half, Johnny, Collingwood Football Club,
0: uh, the biggest sporting club in Australia, they've got over 80,000 members, have been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. Uh, the Do Better report uh, was leaked um, and suggested some systemic racism that ran through the club uh, over the last sort of decade. Um, as a result, uh, Eddie Maguire, who has been the president there for the last 23 years, resigned Um, after coming under some, I guess, heavy media pressure um, in terms of what the report revealed about his club and under his leadership. Um, I guess, Jono, firstly, looking at the resignation, do you think this was the right decision by Eddie Maguire um, and the Collingwood Football Club? And do you think um, this should have actually been done earlier in regards to some of the incidents that have been, I guess, brought up within the report?
1: Yeah, I mean... In looking at everything, it's not like Eddie McGuire hasn't been brought up in the spotlight for these kind of things in the past. Um, he's he's had these kind of racial issues, kind of haunting his whole um, tenure there at Collingwood. So it's it's been there, and his name has been brought up multiple times. And yes, he you know you can say that he tries and to do better each time, and you know to kind of start some new initiatives and things like that. But then with this report, it just shows that there were still those instances happening, and so it's not necessarily a shock to me that. You know, he resigned at this point that, you know, when something like this comes out, you have to take action. And, you know, I think in a sense of, you know, him stepping down at that time instead of waiting until that time has come was probably the right decision. Because, you know, if you were there that whole time, you know, as you said, he was there for years overseeing this club and all these problems were coming up from the start to the end then you know what, it's time to step down and, and let's get a fresh face in there and let's get some new leadership in there to make to make up for these problems and start changing the actual culture that's happening there at Collingwood.
0: Yeah, well, this report, um, as has been reported, was, um, I guess, on the back of former player Harita Lamamba, um, who played at Collingwood over many years and was a premiership winner there, um, coming out and obviously, um, I guess, coming out and saying that he'd been Uh, subject to to racist taunts from teammates and and nicknames that had had come out and obviously the lack of support that he felt um, the club had shown. Um, In terms of a club itself, John, I know we touched on it last week, how important is that culture in terms of um, creating a culture where your players feel safe Um, and obviously in in turn you reflecting uh, the values that um, society and the community, uh, I guess find important um, being a sporting body and being such a significant part of a community
1: yeah and i think that's just the thing as well as um in terms of the culture and, and him stepping down is is a really big part because you want to make sure that for those younger generations who are coming up that they see the correct things taking place within that club and i think you know you can say that all these things kind of came up at the end and he could have just seen out his his time there at collingwood but it was the right decision for him to step down um i don't think that these young stars who are coming through the through the, from grassroots even up until their first years right now i don't think that they would have want to be associated with something like that that's had such strong roots to this kind of race racism within their own club and within the sport um, so it goes back to that and i just think that realistically that these clubs should be taking action a bit sooner that this was a long time coming and unfortunately, it took until the end and, and it took for them to, you know, for him to step down at the very end, honestly, because he was only months away from resigning anyway. Um, and But it very much was a long time coming and, and this should be taken, action should be taken a little bit sooner, though, um, in other instances as we see them come up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, Victoria Green's leader, um, Lydia Thorpe, uh, certainly made her views uh, clear and, and said that the the resignation uh, by Maguire was overdue. Um do you think we need to see more of this sort of action in regards to um, if there are incidents of, of, I guess, systemic racism within an organisation that, I guess, the head of that organisation needs to take responsibility and needs to step down immediately um, following incidents like that in regards to, obviously, this one has taken, um, you know, has, our reports needs to come out to obviously... Um, take such action but do you think these things need to be taken um, action needs to be taken sooner and, and obviously um, consequences um, from the top
1: need to happen um, sooner rather than later yeah i do think that it's it's not just even for racism this could be in terms of sexual harassment cases or anything along those lines in which deems of bad behavior you know this this does need to be taken up especially from a president of a club they need to be aware of everything that's happening within that club And they need to be able to take action and know when it's time that, you know, if they've been overseeing that and allowing that to happen, then maybe, you know, their time is up and that somebody else needs to come in and institute some new rules. Um, And I think in the case of Eddie McGuire, because of the problems that have happened in the past as well, that his time was definitely up. I don't think, you know, that there would have been another way at this point in time. Um, I think, you know, in some cases, you know, maybe there is an opportunity for them to adjust and pivot and, and reshape and Readjust how their organization and their club is actually functioning. So there is those cases, but in this case, when this has happened time and time again, and he's been in the spotlight time and time again for this specific incident, you know, then that's when you—that's when it's time for them to step down, and that's when it's time for them to go. Um, and i do I don't—I don't think that they need any more chances than at that point. In
0: terms of the decision made by Maguire and the Collingwood Football Club, obviously there have been critics coming out, um, especially from more conservative. Uh, parts of society and, and form some former Collingwood greats such as Peter McKenna and Tony Shaw, which uh, which believed Maguire was part of a witch hunt here. How would you respond to to critics of, of people that say that uh, Maguire shouldn't have stepped down and that he's been um, chased out of the club because of uh, media pressure and, and obviously um, politics mixing him with, with sport there? What what
1: would you, How would you respond to that
0: in that sense, Jono, in terms of um, answering those critics?
1: Yeah, I mean... Look, there's always going to be two sides to every story and there's always going to be um, people that are that are not in agreeance of everything. And, you know, of course, that this was going to going to be something that people thought that, you know, he should have stuck out his time um, because, like we said before, he you know, he was already set to resign at the end of the at the end of the year. But, um, you know, it just comes down to why wait if we can take action now. Um, If there's a problem, why are we waiting to fix it? Why not just take this action and go ahead and let's start putting in things to start fixing things now instead of waiting until later down the road because this just then accelerates the timetable for me a little bit. Um, in my view, you know, this is this is something that it's it's a good thing for the club that now they can actually reassess and relook that much sooner. And you know what, if they don't have a new president or anything like that, if, they, if it needs to take time um, until the end. Um, I think
0: making the right choice. Yeah. needs to be made now because it's obviously been a. It's going to be a big change for that club, regardless of how you look at it and regardless of how you see um, Eddie Maguire. He has been such a big part of that football club and such a big part of um, the AFL community, not only in Melbourne but, but Australia-wide. So I think that next decision is crucial in regards to Collingwood's, um, in regards to how Collingwood sort of moves into the future and, and how they um, address some of the concerns that have come out of the report.
1: Yeah, and that's just the thing is when you have someone there for so long, you just get stagnant in your thinking. And this is a this is a great time to inject some change into the actual club and the culture. And you know, take your time to assess and really figure out the the best candidate for this and what you actually want as a club moving forward. Because like we said, this it isn't just about race, it's about a bunch of different issues that happen within these clubs. And this is exactly the actions that need to be taken is you need to deal with it first, you need to deal with it head-on and sooner than later and then reassess and really reevaluate how you want to be perceived as a club. Do you think the stepping
0: down to Maguire and the way it's happened, do you think that will take away from his legacy and what he's done for that Commonwealth Football Club over the last 23 years? Because there is no denying whether or not you like Maguire or not. What he has done for Collingwood and what he's built Collingwood into is quite phenomenal. Um, to be the biggest football code or football club within Australia and have over eighty thousand paying members is quite a feat. Do you think the way this resignation has come come about, do you think that's gonna have an effect on, on the legacy and the way people view his time at the club?
1: Yeah, look, I think it just kinda of depends on which way you're you're looking at it, because the big thing is is of course there, you know, he's He's been there for so long and been able to institute so many different things that have benefited the club um, from a financial standpoint, from viewership, from all those different standpoints. But then also he's done a lot for the club, which brought it down and its reputation down and, and, you know, with within mainly within racism uh, and racist remarks. And like we said, this has been not just from this report, that's been previous instances as well. And so. I think you will always view Eddie Maguire in a bit of both lights, That you know, maybe in terms of the business and the club-wise that he's done great, but then he's had those antics as well that have actually brought shame to that organization at the same time. So you have to look at it from both scopes. I think, just like many other things, that there's two sides to every tale, and, and, and this is one of those cases.
0: Definitely. and I think uh, Francis Awaratifa, who is a, a former English-born black footballer, and, and many of you might know him from, from SBS and the World Game when he used to be a pundit on there, I think he summed it up really well in the sense that he thinks, obviously, the the decision that was taken and then stepping down of Eddie Maguire is actually needed um, within, not only within, obviously, AFL and sport, but within wider society in regards to actually making substantive change within society. Sometimes we need to see some of these, um, I guess, power brokers, um, heads of organisations, whether or not sporting or in other fields, actually having to step down and and reflect on what has happened under their leadership and what has happened under their um, watch, I guess. Because if these people don't ever step down and continue to be, I guess, let off um, and just continue to just apologize and and sort of continue on their way, I guess change change is hard to come by then. You need to actually sometimes strip it back and sort of build it up again, which is, I guess, what Collingwood... Um, now we'll attempt to do.
1: Yeah, look, Collingwood actually have such a big base. And you know what? The thing is, is that people can't be afraid of change. This is is what needs to happen. and, And, you know, sometimes changes are for the good and sometimes changes are for the bad, but you'll never know unless you try. And that's just the thing in this case is that, you know, hopefully this starts to institute some sort of change and more people are accepting of changes. And this is change within Collingwood and this is change within your everyday life as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, hopefully it makes a positive change um, and it is a positive change for Collingwood Football Club and we see it reflected um, through the club in the coming years. So um, we wait and see. All right, Jono, we'll end off, as we always do, with a couple of uh, questions uh, from it. the sporting world. Um, obviously, I'll ask Jono, he hasn't seen these questions as always, and we'll see. He'll obviously give me a concise answer or yes and no in terms of the questions I have. So first one, Jono, as the dust settles, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl win last week, and obviously Tom Brady's seventh ring. Does the Brady legacy at all get affected by his political links to Donald Trump and the support of the former president? Obviously, there's been a bit of a furrow over in the States, and it's continued on through the year. Do you think his legacy will be affected
1: at all by those uh, by those Donald Trump links? Ooh, that's, a, that's a good question. I think it's actually similar to in some sense of what we were just talking about that you got to kind of then view it into two lenses. Um, you know, on the field, he's been, he's been great. Um, there's no doubting that he's been probably the best that the NFL has ever seen. Um, but then you're right. He, he has, um, he has had, um, very much uh, past supported, um, president, uh, former president Donald Trump. Um, so it could take a little bit of an effect as, as, as you're right, as the dust settles and things kind of progress. And when we look back at his career, um, but his on the field performance I don't think will ever get um, affected by what he's kind of supported off the field
0: absolutely yeah so it's just an interesting question to see as as I guess as he nears retirement mm. um, and obviously people start comparing him with the likes of say Muhammad Ali or, yeah. or some of those big political not only sporting figures but political figures so it'd be more interesting um, what he
1: does when he is in retirement absolutely. as well and doesn't have the game that will be I think more of a defining moment as absolutely. well absolutely
0: can Manchester City do the unprecedented and win a quadruple, starting
1: with the League Cup final
0: against Tottenham Hotspur?
1: Oh, um, you know what? I'm not going to put anything past them with this current form. Um, I got to say that they they possibly can because right now they're just on another level and they're just hitting in all cylinders. And um, you know, I think they've really found found their way right now, and um, everything is, seems to be working for them. So I'm not going to put anything past them, um, but but we'll see what happens. I mean. Sometimes every big success success does have a bit of a roadblock and um, we'll just see well, when that time is to come.
0: Another Manchester City related question. Is Il- Ilkay Gundogan the best
1: player in the Premier League at the moment? He is on fire. Oh, you know, I got to I got to just say yes at the moment because he is just doing everything correct and he is pulling all those strings. Within Manchester City and in any position as well. You know, Man City is one of those teams that adapt their formations quite a bit, and he's been able to just be that player and that key player to keep relying on, um, especially while those um, troubles um, and De Bruyne injuries as well. He's really been able to step up, and he's always been a great player, but I think that he's actually fully reached his full potential right now, and I hope he keeps playing like this into the future. Absolutely. With the Australian Open
0: well underway, will american men's tennis be once again a force in the future as the dearth of representatives at the latter stage of the australian open is again obvious what has happened to men's
1: american tennis there John? O? yeah, a bit of a slump there it seems like um you know i'm gonna say tennis is actually in a sense uh, very similar to how the u.s soccer is as well that um you see the women's really progressing and the men just seem to be kind of stagnant and never kind of get past where they always get um you know, I would hope to see that we can represent on the men's and the women's side. Um, but it seems like the women's are just carrying carrying the weight. Um, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I can't say that um, anybody's um, going to go right up to uh, to become a star at the moment. Um, but some great youth potential. Um, so we'll see what kind of happens. Yeah, such a great history in, in American mm. tennis.
0: So um, it would be great to see, you know, America again at the forefront of, of the tennis world. And finally, it was Valentine's Day on Sunday. Did you treat your significant other to a nice
1: Valentine's Day, Jono? Oh, definitely, uh, I, would, I would say so. It was a, it was a very, very nice uh, Valentine's Day and also um, enjoyed it and a nice, quiet outing with my significant other. So. Oh, very thank nice, you. Jono. Very nice.
0: Romantic <laughs> side of you coming out. All right, guys, that is another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, thank you for your support and good night.